This episode of Off the Record was recorded on Spotify Greenroom. For all our live episodes, once a month, you'll be able to catch us on Spotify Greenroom. Make sure you get the app. Enjoy the show. Um, great. Uh, Hitboy, you can hear me? Yes, sir. I'm right here. All right, that's what's up, man. Uh, for everybody who's in here, listen, thank you and welcome to another episode. This is a live episode of Off the Record, exclusively available here on Spotify Greenroom app. Um, I have the pleasure today to be talking to, I'm going to probably say the hottest producer in the last, I'm going to say a year and a half. And what I, what I mean by the hottest producer, you know, um, I'll actually, I, I want to hear his opinion on it, but when I think about producer, it's just, it's more than, it's more than a beat maker. And, um, usually the producer for me, when I think about this production is a person who shaped the sounds, who really shaped the tone of the album that's the person who sets the palette for you know any type of rapping or melody to be laid over so you know it could be as simple as just making a beat but i think the people who do it the best they escalate their work to even lock it in with artists for an entire project and we've seen that with hit boy um in the last year and a half or probably like two or three years actually and um i just want to welcome hit boy to spotify green room and off the record live What's man, up, man? That's love. That's a great intro. Appreciate that for real. I'm trying to work on my sway intros, man. Sway. Nah, all right. Oh, I see you on your shit for sure. Yo, um, I remember. I don't, know if, I don't know if you remember the first time I met you. I met you at Everyday Struggle. Yeah, I remember that. I came. I was. I was in New York at the time. Yeah. Yeah, you and Dom Kennedy, um, came through. You guys are promoting a project. Mm-hmm. And I think, honestly, I think it was the first time we had, you know, like that artist-producer combo putting out a, a joint project. Um, you know, yeah, it's crazy you put it like that. I ain't think about it like that. We did start that whole wave, like 2016 type shit. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm wondering, you know, you know, for some people who might not be familiar, like they, they might know you from the Drake line. I should probably sign a hit boy because I got all the hits, hits boy like. Man, yo, yo, give us the cast us up to date on, you know, even doing collabs like that, or even how your production kind of evolved over the years to where you know, um, I just think you're a behemoth. Uh, man, shit, really, just like going off what you were saying <clears throat> about me, like curating, like you know, a sound and really giving an artist like a bed of music to like you know create something special over like it 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 really naturally developed into that bro like if i if i could have came out the gate and been doing that shit that's what i always wanted to do but i had to get to the point where you know i can just cultivate that energy and it was like just getting any you know i'm saying any beat i could off whenever i could like you know whether it's linking with artists emailing whatever the fuck i had to do i was just you know i'm saying trying to get to it and i ended up catching joints and you know by the time i caught the niggas in paris i had been in the game for a few years i I had already did hella shit for game for g unit for everybody like pussycat dolls all type of people you know i'm saying jennifer lopez and shit but you know just really putting that footwork in and then getting around people like kanye like it was a difference when i was emailing him shit and then i finally linked with him i got to just see you know the, the what it takes to be at a, a super high level. Like, it ain't no games with that shit. Niggas is really on it, at, you know what I'm saying, nonstop, and they, and they overthinking about every single detail of what shit is. And I started to adapt that, you know, mentality, and it helped me to, you know, be able to do an album with Benny the Butcher, an album with Nas, and shit like that, just because I, I gained so much knowledge at a high level. 
Yeah. Now, you know, I just realized, like, you're from California originally, right? Yeah, I'm from Cali, yeah, Pasadena, in between the IE. So I grew up in, I spent half of my life in Pasadena. It's like an hour east of LA, not even an hour. Um, and then I moved to the IE when I um, turned like 13, and that's why I started really turning up, making beats and shit. So I always read for the IE. Yeah, so, yo, I didn't realize that till later on because when I started hearing your production, it, it, it didn't feel like, like, I had a heart, like, sometimes you could hear, like, uh, like, you know, a producer and be like, oh, that sounds like, yo, he's probably from Atlanta. Or you could be like, oh, yo, he sounds like, might be from like the Midwest, just in c- certain type of sounds and bop or tempo, or whatever. And then, yeah. and then the West Coast, you know, at least historically, like around, I always, anytime I hear a producer, and maybe I'm just like kind of blinded over a few popular ones from the West Coast. Anytime, anytime a producer is always around that 100 BPM level, I'm like, okay, that's, that's like kind of Cali a bit. Yeah, right, right. But like with you, you know, it it was it was so kind of all over the place. It was hard for me to pinpoint where you like really where you were from without like googling it, right? Like, yeah. uh, how did the influences of like you know whether it's regional sound or just other producers like how did you come up with you know I guess your style and sound because it doesn't sound super regional. Yeah, I think that's a, um <clears throat> that's some that kind of I'm not gonna say was a hindrance but it also just me having you know being versatile and having so many sounds it's hard for people to to link like oh hit boy did this like you know what i'm saying hit boy did trophies but he did backseat freestyle but he did sorry for beyonce flawless for beyonce fucking all the way forward to you know the king's disease shit it's just like all over the place but that honestly just be like that, that comes from being a fan of music like it don't matter what it is like my people always play Soul shit, R&B shit, hard rap shit, N.W.A., West Coast shit. I really grew up on a lot of West Coast shit. I started to get into the East Coast rap when I, you know, start getting a little bit older, like DMX drop, shit like that. And then when Blueprint, when the Blueprint dropped, that shit really just really shaped me because that was the time I was really trying to start getting into music. So that was the album I was studying. And I guess that shit just got into my DNA. That's why I'm able to knock out albums with East Coast artists and, you know what I'm saying, whatever. Hmm. Yeah, no, no, like that's like super interesting. You kind of mentioned that it, it, you know, what I mean, it probably not really held you back, but like it was, it was definitely something you probably thought about. Like, was it was it just easier to kind of like blend in with a regional sound? Man, I, I can't even call it, bro. Like, I just I'm a I'm just a fan of music, and I make a lot of it, and that should just be ending up where it's supposed to end up, and, and it really just like I guess took me. I mean, it's funny, like, I've been doing this shit for so long, but like you said, like, the last few years, right, I haven't even had no ultra chart-topping ass song, but niggas been giving me producer of the year award after producer of the year. I won, like, four producer of the year awards in the last year from different, like, you know, companies or whatever the case is, and and that's just all for consistency. That's something I had to realize, like, everything ain't gonna be niggas in Paris for me. I used to look at it like, if it ain't that level, 10 times platinum, Jay-Z and Kanye perform that shit 20 times a night, it ain't successful. But I had to learn, like, you know what I'm saying? You just got to make the music, bro, and let that shit just move. Because I didn't even call that. I didn't even know niggas in Paris was going to be all that. Yo, and that's the hard thing about, like, being a producer, too. I remember when you came up to Everyday Struggle. And I remember even, like, I related to Kanye, right? And I remember this story, right? At least Kanye explained it. And I always thought about it as a producer. If... You're a producer now transitioning to a producer slash artist because you're credited 
like an artist, right? Right. Are you like if you got a beat that's fire, are you gonna send that shit to Hove or to like somebody else, or you gonna keep you gonna tuck it for yourself? Like, how do you make those decisions? Honestly, bro, <clears throat> that shit just be natural. Like most of the time when I record my shit, it be like. I made the beat right there and I just caught a quick vibe. But even sometimes I might record to some shit and still play it for somebody. Like if I get an opportunity to be in a room with a major person, I'm going to play the hardest shit I got regardless. You know what I'm saying? Whatever it is. Um, and just let that shit flow. But honestly, like that shit just becoming natural. So Niggas in Paris is probably the biggest um, song of your career? I'm going to say, honestly, Sicko Mo outsold it, but you can't do Sicko Mo 10 times a night, so I can't call it. I think Niggas in Paris is almost nine times platinum, Sicko Mo like 10 times platinum, and it's like, that shit sold more, but I go to the World shit, I'm, I'm watching my shit, he, he performing way back early in the set, I produced that off the Birds in the Trap album, that shit go crazy, I produced Carousel, niggas don't even be knowing this shit, like this is songs that's turning the fuck up out of Travis' show. You know what I'm saying? And then he ended off with Sicko Mode. I'm just knowing. I went to the show. I'm like, I know he's going to perform this shit more than once, at least twice. Nigga did it once and was gone. I'm like, man, niggas in Paris is a different beast, bro. But, but, but on Sicko Mode, though, like the beat change, it's like a whole thing. You know what I mean? Like, there you go. Give us the process and, like, you know, just take us back to both those records, right? So, like, niggas in Paris, Sicko Mode. Like, how do those beats even come about? Man, as far as the niggas in Paris, that was me thugging, like, at my mom crib, just hungry, just on that shit. Honestly, bro, I still got the same mentality. I'll be on this shit like I ain't ever did nothing every day. But that was that moment, and I was, um, it's funny, because my dog, my nigga from Pomona, my nigga Chili Chill, he was about to drop a song on his mixtape with the same beat, bro. And the niggas in Paris beat, we was just mixing the shit, finna drop it. And I got a call from Don C like a few days uh, before we was going to drop it. Don C was like, yo, I need you to send me the files for this beat. And I'm thinking like, what the hell Jay-Z and Kanye going to say over this beat? Like, it's like some just to me, like some just quick little fun futuristic shit. But I didn't hear them niggas over it. And they kept just hyping it because I never, I, ne I had never heard it. But Ye, Ye just kept emailing me like, yo. You, when this shit drop, your life is 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 it's over with, bro. You about to this shit about to change, and it definitely did. Wait, so like at that point, right? Like you you sent it out like in a beat pack, I'm guessing, right? So you just like sent it out a beat pack. Yo, that's the crazy thing, bro. I sent a bunch of beats. Niggas in Paris was in a batch of maybe 30, 40 beats, and that wasn't even some shit we pulled up when I was actually with him and Hove. Like I was, I actually worked with them for a few weeks, like every day, pretty much working on different joints, so I'm hype off the, the shit we doing in person. They don't end up using none of that. They end up using a random beat. I send the email, and I'm like, that's how shit just be working out sometimes. Hey, so, so at that point, like, when, when Kanye's like, this about changing life, it, it, and you tell me, because I hear this from everybody, does, does he make you change the beat? Like, what, what happens? Like, is, does he use the beat as is, or he changes it into some other shit? And then he, um, he he added like a couple just layers, but it's like it's it's just the same consistent loop. And then Mike Dean added like some keys at the end, but that was pretty. It was pretty much the same beat. Mm. So what's the drastic difference between before that song drop and after the song drop? Like how everything changed? Definitely money. Oh, I got a fucking crazy label deal from Jimmy Iovine. But the thing is, is when he gave me my deal, he was transitioning to Apple. So he wasn't even, you know, locked in. He just was like, I see your talent. Like, he's on the phone in front of me calling, like, Lucian. 
like, man, I found the next Dr. Dre, all this crazy shit. And that was just motivating to me for somebody who actually helped mold Dr. Dre career to be looking at me and even saying anything close to that, which at the time I was way underdeveloped. But I feel like I'm 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 getting to that point where, you know what I'm saying, motherfuckers is understanding and it's really like it's it's about to get serious. So so you know, at that point, like are are you are you thinking like, man, man, I want to get to another level because I, that would have been surreal for me. Yeah, no, it was, and honestly, man, I, I, I just, I went and signed all my homies with the bread I had, nigga. I went and got a big ass crib and put five studios in there. Red, and all that, my label, artists. that label, that uh, label, and that was deadly. That shit was detrimental because that's just not how you do it. But I was twenty five with millions of dollars and fucking just doing what I had to do, and, and I, you know, I felt compelled to like, you know, help the people that I, I, I told I was gonna help when I got on, got on, and. That's what I did. So I'm like, I'm holding beats back from niggas, from Ye, from all type of artists, and I'm giving them to my artists and shit. And that, you know, that's a that's a different beast. That's a different ball game. Breaking an artist, spending that type of money, spending that type of energy. So that was something I, I, I lived through and something I really pushed it in perspective. Like, man, you gotta you gotta make ten niggas in Paris. Fuck just one. Like before you really can really just move like how you want to move. Yo, and, and 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 you can tell me if I'm pocket watching too much, but yo, what's 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 a what's like a paycheck from like a song that's almost diamond? How does that look like as a producer? Because I don't think people realize that you know producers usually own half of the record. So you know, um, like if all your business is done right, you you own half of the record. You're gonna get your publishing, and you know, depending on what type of deal you got, you might have some you know royalties on the record as well. No, for sure. I definitely, you know what I'm saying, make sure I got my points and all that, but it just depends. Like, I own more of Niggas in Paris than I do of Sicko Mode because Travis, you know, ended up bringing in a bunch of samples and other producers and shit, which is cool, but that was his vision. But at the same time, it's like, I feel like I for sure, I mean, I can't call a specific number, but, you know, I'm still eating off Niggas in Paris till today. Obviously, it's like the royalties is for real. Yeah. Hey, yo, I don't know if you ever seen that. There's like this viral video, which honestly was the very first time I ever heard Sickle Mode. Oh, when you going crazy? That's funny. I was like, man, I should have posted that as soon as you did it. Because I seen it right when you did it. I was like, damn, that shit crazy. I was like, that shit was a natural vibe. Like, I'm like, this nigga crazy. Man, the shit came on. Yo, that shit fucked up the world. Though. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I'm. tell me how that record came together, number one. But number two... As a producer, when when somebody says, "All right, we we about to use this," right? Do you know it's about to be a hit already, or it's like depending on who's on the track? How do you make those determinations? Man, honestly, bro, I can't even call that because sometimes I just be like, I just know this shit finna go crazy, and then it's like it don't go as crazy as I thought, and then it be the joints where I'm like, this shit cool, and then it just like going dumb. So honestly, I just put everything kind of in the same pot, and it's like. Just let it be what it is. But as far as sicko mode, it was originated like by me and my homeboy Roger. He had like played some chords, gave them to me. I chopped them up, rearranged them, pitched them, added a bass line, and then did a beat. And um, I ended up linking with Travis on some random, played him a game of beats. But he he remembered that one. The night the night birds in the trap drop. Um, so this is like a couple years before Astro World even came out. I gave him the beat the night that Birds in the Trap came out. And he was like, man, I got a session tonight, big session. He's like, I'm about to go fuck with Drake. I'm like, oh, yeah, this song. He like, I need that beat you had played me. 
So I, I played him. It was the it was the first part of Sicko Mode, and it was it was stretched out. It was more of a beat to it. He obviously chopped it down, but Drake had a part over the other part of the beat too that kind of got clipped for you know the transition to go into the OZ beat. So it originated just from me making a beat, getting it to Travis, and him having that session with Drake. He he had played me Drake's whole part over Facetime one time, but I never heard it again. So I had to wait for a couple of years, essentially, for the shit to even drop. You had to wait how long? I had to wait from the night birds and the trap came out till Astro World came out. So I had to I had to hold that beat for that long. That was what two years? Jesus Christ! Like, yeah. did you play that for anybody else? Like, I Man, know you, yo, you know it's funny. I played it for Hove, and uh, when it dropped, he was like, "Yo, I had this fucking sicko mode beat, right?" I'm like, "Yep." <laughs> Do you, do you ever get into like situations like that where, man, like you play for two artists, they probably both have a vision, but like you know, communication is a little lagged. So yeah. you know, what I mean, you might find out later that maybe a bigger artist wanted, but you already promised another artist, like yo, you could have it. I mean, honestly, I I don't really promise beats, my nigga. I just like when I get paid, that's who that's who got the beat. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like, you ain't finna go. You're not going to Saks Fifth. You're not going to to Neiman Marcus and being like, cool, I'm about to get a few outfits. I'm finna wear these shits out. And then I'm going to think about paying you later. Like, nah, nigga, you got to pay for this shit. And then, then it's yours. Yeah, nah, nah, I feel you on that. Shit. You, you, because I've always heard stories about that. Yo, I seen recently you got quoted, right? Saying basically, and by, by the way, you put it up. Matter of fact, I think Kanye had responded. He posted a screenshot on my page, but you, Explain this whole situation about like you you said you felt yay stopped working with you right um because you produced for Beyonce like you know what I mean because I think we read like I read through the whole thing but I was like I was still confused. I mean honestly I, I, to this day I don't I mean I don't know the ins and outs so it's it's a little confusing for me too but um. Yeah, I mean, at, bro, like, when I was signed to him, I had did, like, you know, like, a management contract, like, because I was already in a publishing uh, situation, so I couldn't sign him publishing-wise, which is what he originally wanted, so I ended up doing a management deal where he was getting 20% of what I was doing regardless, so I was working on ASAP Rocky album, I did a couple joints on his debut album, I did shit on Rihanna's Talk That Talk album. I did Justin Bieber and, and Drake, the Justin Bieber and Drake song. All all this is during good music. He never, ever said anything, and he didn't have a reason to because he was getting paid off of it, even though he had nothing to do with anything, like the play or nothing. So, he wasn't connecting you like, yo, hey, listen, like kind of walking you oh, into no, room? no, he was connecting me as far as on his end when I'm in sessions with him and allowing me access to, you know, different artists or whatever the case may be. But I still was, you know, doing the ASAP and the Rihanna and all that shit by myself without his anything. And just for him to see that I was working with B was just like, and, and I don't know, bro, like whatever the case was, he just hopped into a mode like, yeah, I, like you working with her. Like, I'm not, I'm not fucking with you type shit. Did you ever try to reach out? Like you just dubbed yourself? Man, we was in face. We was face to face when he told me this. Oh, he told. Oh, I thought like his, his energy changed. He you just know, told me like, "Yo, you work." He literally told me this, bro. He, he, so he put up this response, right? Like he basically was like, "Yo, nah." Um, I, I don't. Even, I don't even get his response. Oh yeah, he said no. He said something like, "Um, he was upset that he didn't know." But that was the whole reason for me just telling you 
that I worked with all these other artists and never it never was an issue. So why would I believe that it's an issue, especially if this is your fam? And it's like, look, right now it's all love. Like I have no issue with Kanye. I'm just telling my side and my perspective and the, the way I saw shit. But at the end of the day, it just is what it is. Did did y'all talk after um he sent out that tweet? Man, we just talked right before that Big Sean shit came out on on Drink Champs. Like that was confusing for me because we was me and Sean was with him like for two days straight, and he had already recorded the Drink Champs, so it was weird for him to not say nothing while we was. Wait, there. Yeah, no way. Yeah, bro, that shit threw wait, me wait. off. So the, the 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 Drink Champs episode where like he's he's going in on Sean, like if it, it felt like he had some personal against him. He records right. that, and then he's at the studio or, or somewhere with right. you and Sean. Yeah, and so I was just like, damn, that's just, you know, that's that's kind of interesting. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's uh, like, man, if I'm feeling that way, I'm going to just be like, bro, I, I, don't, I don't want you in my, my energy right now. I don't want you around me, homie. Like, you know what I'm saying? But everybody get down different. It is what it is, and he's he a billionaire, so I don't know how billionaires think. I ain't there yet. Yeah, I mean, but also he kind of goes through a little bit of, you know, he, he's admitted that he suffers from like bipolarism and stuff like that. So, you know what right. I mean? Maybe that's just what that is. You know what I mean? Yeah, so definitely. like, but, but everything was cool with you and him though. Yeah, it was it was all love. I mean, and you know, it should still be. <laughs> you know, it's, you just never know. Hey, um, I don't know if y'all got cool in time for that, but you know, like like Donda, you know, like. When it comes to his projects, there's always a lot of hoopla about who's working on it, this and third. You know, um, did you want to be, like, involved in that process? Honestly, man, like, that's that, that's not really my vibe, like, where I'm at right now. But I'm, 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 a, I'm a humble, open, honest person. So if, you, if he was to hit me and be like, I want you to pull up, I would do that. But that ain't something that I'm stressing about. You know, I've seen people like, you know, see my clip when I was talking at the Nas shit, which I was just faded, just going. But I honestly, you know, I just was getting my shit off. Like, nigga, like, we really be in this motherfucker, like, just going. Like, and it ain't no extras to it. It's just music. And, um, I mean, it is what it is. Hey, does a... Do producers like you look at Kanye different? Because I know Kanye still, you know, is very active in making beats and stuff like that. But, like, you know, just kind of universally, people accept that, like, he brings in a lot of outside help to kind of create the final product. Do you yeah. kind of, you know, because, you know, at this point, he's cemented just as, like, one of the greatest producers of all time. Do you look yeah. at it like, man, well, he not, you know, he's not doing as much as I would be doing, you know, to create these, you know, these songs as maybe you used to do or whatever the case is. Do you, got, you judge him because of that? or I mean, Honestly, bro, I, I love that nigga so much and he was so much of an influence on me. I, 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 I couldn't even, you know, begin to think of how to make some of them beats he was making at that time, like back then. So, like, that shit was so inspiring to me. I could never look down or be like... But at, in that moment, I just was... You know, I just was in that moment, bro. But it ain't even it ain't even nothing crazy because he is like his. I go back and listen to graduation or listen to late registration, and I'm like, man, I just judge people based off their best shit. Like I might always have respect for people who added to the culture with amazing bodies of work or whatever the case may be. Hmm. Hey, uh, what's the relationship with you and Big Sean, man? And 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 I'm wondering, like, even in, in those moments, because by the way, he just did a drink champs. Um, yeah, I ain't seen like it. Yeah, I want to see. I'm trying to get him to send it to me. 
Man, from the clip I saw, it looked like he, you know, he definitely felt the way about, you know, just kind of being blindsided. I think that's it. I think oh, that's yeah. it. Yeah. For you sure. Know? Nah, for uh, sure, bro. I mean, it's not some, again, like, he just as I was inspired by Kanye, he was as well. And to be able to link with him and then have such a great relationship and then shit turn into this, it does make you feel a way. But at the same time, like, you got to stay on your ground when you know the facts about what it is. Hmm. So but as far as me and Sean know, we talk pretty much every day. That's just like that's the homie. So regardless if we working, we gonna chop it at least at least tap in what you got going, what you working on. I'm doing this. How can I help you with this? Whatever. It's just you know I'm just trying to add to you know me and Nas got down there the same relationship. Like I just try to work with motherfuckers that really respect me on a human level, and then you know obviously musically. Uh, how'd you lock in with Sean like that? Like, like, how was, you know, how that relationship kind of built? I mean, I know him since way back. I mean, we did click together. I did something on the first Detroit mixtape, and <clears throat> we just always was cool. Like, we all, always just built. And in the last few years, I um, I had seen him and Nip at uh, at the Jay and Beyonce concert a couple, few years ago. And uh, I linked with both of them, ended up doing racks in the middle with Nip right before he passed. And then yeah. I did, you know, I just tapped in with Sean and we just was, we just been on it really since then for the last like three years. Yeah. So, so like, you know, and I definitely want to ask you about, about, about even doing that record, you know, with Nip. But, um, so like, for example, like you and Sean, like, like, how does it come about where y- y'all decide like, yo, let's do, let's do an EP together. You know what I mean? Where like you, you're producing the whole joint. That's just us being locked in and, um, having so many songs it's like man we gotta drop some like we you know we we dropped the, the first detroit and we just never really stopped working so we, we just had joints and we just kept feeling like feeling like urgent like we got to get this out and just get the energy going yeah so and, and and um the the nip situation right like how that because that's that's all did it win the grammy or it only got nominated one right i won it won one yeah, i got it I got out. That was my second Grammy, and then I won my third the year after that with Nas. So, what was the first? I was major. It's crazy. Me and Roddy Rich only have one song ever released, bro, and we got a Grammy for it. Like, it's like, you know what I'm saying? Shit like that is just insane to me. Tell me you on this new project, please. Man, bro, I mean, shit. I I hope I am. I wish I was. We we have, we we got so many songs. We got an album worth of shit in my computer right now, bro. You know, he. He record like that. He'll do an album with five, six producers, and and it'll all be fire. So you can't call it. So like, how did y'all get that record? Like, you know, kind of co- completed. And and you didn't say what your what was the first Grammy? What record? My first Grammy was Niggas in Paris. Ah, easy. Mm-hmm. All right, man. And all right, so uh, how did that um Rax in the Middle joint come um come together? And you know, what I mean, like, you know, did you know Nip? Like, you know, just kind of beyond just like making that record. Nah, for sure. We um. I had this shit on like Bullets Ain't Got No Name, Volume Two, like so way OG days, way back. We been cool, we been it's been love. Like he didn't spend time around my pops and shit when he was out. My pops locked up, but you know around the time when he got out, like he showed big love. Like it's just always been respect. But as far as um racks in the middle, like when I saw him and Sean behind uh, backstage at the at the show, we just tapped in. I was like, bro, you gotta tap in with me ASAP. Like I'm on some shit right now. Pulled up. Um, matter of fact, this is actually before that happened. I had did. Um, I, I was just a fan of, of the Die Young song by Roddy. I was like yeah, coming yeah. into the studio every day, and I was just playing that shit. Like, man, this motherfucker hard. And I was just showing everybody, telling everybody, and I found out 
he was working with the homie, ended up linking with him, and he uh, just so happened to be at my same studio the same day I was there. He was working with Future or something, and they, they was in there all day. It might have been one in the morning before he came out, and, and the homie just was trying to introduce me to him. I was like, fuck that, nigga, you got to hear this beat I just did. I just had made the beat, played the beat. He was like, load it up. This nigga was tired as hell, and he just laid the hook on some quick shit. Oh, and um, shit. and the crazy thing is, um, I was trying to put it out on some like producer, like how Khaled do his shit. He'll go go, yeah. go get some artists. I was gonna put it out with just Roddy. It was a whole verse and everything he had did, and um, we was we was right there at the finish line finna drop it. Then I ended up linking with Nip. Nip pull up. I play in the joint. I played it one time. He was like, play that back. He was like, bro, I need this record. After the second time I played it. And I was like, shit, it's all love. Let's do it. Like, I canceled my whole, like, wave just to be like, man, I'm about to just embrace what my nigga on, you know what I'm saying, and, and make it happen. And it, it turned out to be crazy. We got a Grammy off that motherfucker. Yeah. I mean, yo, what changes for you when you win a Grammy? You know, I, like, you, you feel like yeah. a, a perennial nominee at this point. You know, uh, you've won a couple, but what changes? Because, you know, a lot of people, like, the, the title of, you know, you know, a lot of people say Grammy-nominated producer. There's a yeah. few who could say Grammy winning producer? Like, no, what honestly, I can't say that 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 much really changes, but it's just kind of the mindset and the the energy of like, damn, like you know what I'm saying? Like, I make music on a high level. I need to keep doing that and keep chasing that, chasing that feeling and chasing that energy, which is greatness. You know what I'm saying? And it's not really like you finna get like some extra money put in your pocket or nothing like that, but it's definitely motivating. I mean, the price goes up, though, right? Like, I mean, as I mean, soon as you're Grammy I mean, nominated, I, I, like, I, yo, guess, it's, it's, I guess it's about the moves you make after that, man. Mm. Which record you produce probably means the most to you? Means the most? Racks in the Middle is one of them, man, because we, we had a time recording that joint. Like, he was pulling up to my school every day, locking in. Like, he'll do one verse, you know what I'm saying, come back the next day, do another verse, same thing, and... He ended up doing three verse, verses on racks in the middle. And that was just like a whole thing. Cause I'm like, at the time, everybody was super, especially it might be shorter now. Niggas was doing like two minutes of a song, two and a half minutes. And he wanted to spill his soul on that motherfucker. And it was worth it. Hey, you, you know, the way music get, gets um, created now is like, like super interesting. Which songs that you produced that turned out to be big hits? that you saw the entire process in terms of everybody pulled up to do their verses versus a song that you sent the beat out and pretty much, you know, everybody just kind of like recorded remotely. And then you kind of just heard the, the final product. Man, uh, I'm going to say one train. That, that was a posse oh, joint where shit. a lot of people was on. Yeah, yeah. And re- recently. Yo, uh, you, you did Goldie was, too, right? You, you did what? Goldie as well, right? Yeah, I did Goldie That's too. Shit. Yeah, we was in the studio together for that. And um man, the the, the recently the rush joint um with uh him, Big Sean, Wale and Joey Badass, like that, they all recorded at different times, but it's just you could feel the energy is bars and that everybody inspired each other to wanna lock in. Mm. Nah, nah, that's crazy. I mean, hey, uh backseat freestyle, Kendrick Lamar, um, like how was working with Kendrick? And please tell me you got something. I know we got a project finna drop soon. Tell me, you, tell, tell me you got some beats at least in the submission. Man, bro, I can't even call it, man. You know that's that's a whole, that's a power move right there, man. You gotta just wait on on bro to be ready to lock in with you. 
<clears throat> but um, I mean, as far as backseat freestyle, he we had linked. Uh, I knew I knew his A and R like since way back since his A and R was like a intern, like before he was even able to do anything in the building. And then he ended up, you know, locking in with bro. And um, he was at like almost the end of Good Kid, Mad City. We had did some sessions before, and a couple we had started a couple ideas, probably like two or three ideas. And um, he was like, man, I need, I just need you to give me one more. I need, I need just, I need that energy. And I went through some beats and played that one. And he was like, man, yeah, he took it with him. And he he, he went on the road. He texted me like, yo, we got one. I'm like, shit, it's on. Oh, man. Yo, I, 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 this is probably tough for you, but rank the top three, um, the top three beats you probably, you think you've made. It don't got to be off of success. It just got to be like your personal yeah. favorite. Man, that's heavy. Uh, I'm gonna say store run off King's Disease Two. I'm gonna say um, it was this joint called Higher that was on a Cruel Summer uh, album. It had Pusha T and Dream and Mace on it. That's like just on some creative shit, just using weird sounds and making it work. Like that was cool. And then, uh, man, man, it's crazy, man. Like before. A lot of people started going into, like, the, the island and reggae vibes. Like, I gave Rihanna one of them in, like, 2012, this joint called uh, Watch and Learn. All Like, all the joints be knowing this song. But a lot of people, it didn't turn up like it should have. But I feel like Watch and Learn, that shit was ahead of its time, way before niggas started even trying to hop on the dance hall, like, island waves. Oh, shit. Yeah, nah, that's definitely way before its time. All right, yo, listen, yo, we're going to play a real quick game. And uh, salute to everybody in here. You know, um, um, thank y'all for, for using the chat room. I see all y'all questions, and y'all love posting gifts, huh? But anyway, yo, I, I, we're gonna play this game, and you you can only pick one. It's gonna be it's called this or that, all right? So I'm gonna give you two two names, two situations, whatever the case is. You pick one, and then you can either explain why you're picking one or why you didn't pick the other. So you can do what you want. Um, I'm gonna start it off. Hover Nas. Ooh, that's that's dangerous right there. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a little bit of conflict of interest, but I know you know, man, you don't got two. It's two Grammy nominations for for you know album of the year with, with Nas. I think you and him just have like an amazing chemistry, which I want to talk to you about already, right? But you, you know, what I mean? me working with them or just overall, both, both. You know what I mean? Like you know, from a personal just listener perspective, and then maybe just working with both. You know. Man, I ain't gonna lie, bro. I'm a, that's one I gotta split evenly. Like I love both of them. They both OGs to me. They both then showed me insane love, like on a personal level, on a music level. Like I can't pick between them. That's too. That's too scary for me, bro. <laughs> nah, nah, I feel you on that. But explain, <laughs> explain your relationship with Nas because I'm gonna be honest with you. You know, it, it's one of the most blasphemous things in hip hop history. I know we, we keep using the Grammys <laughs> and shit like that yeah. as like some type of litmus test, but yo. The mere fact that it took like so long for Nas to be really recognized and really, you know, granted the proper accolades he deserved. Um, how did you lock in with Nas and like, you know, like what was even the thought process or the conversations that kind of led to y'all even making the first, you know, King Disease album? Man, he caught me at a time where I just like, you know, felt like, you know, I had something to prove to myself and I still feel I feel like that all the time, but just really like I want to take hold of this uh, of what I'm doing and and really cultivate the energy and, and let people know like it's more than 
you know, I seen even when the King's Disease uh, track list dropped, people was trying to like, nah, this finna be trash. Whoop, whoop. You got the Joe Budden podcast talking crazy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Then when it dropped, they calling me on the phone apologizing. It's like, that's what it was Wait, for. that happened? Yeah. <laughs> It was for, you know what I'm saying, the people that look at me as like, oh, he only click or trophies, backseat freestyle, niggas in Paris. Ah, they didn't think you could lock in. Exactly. So that's why the nah shit was important. I was like, I got to take this very serious, you know what I'm saying, and really, and really, you know, just, just show people my talent. Keep it 100. Were you intimidated a little bit? Because, again, you know, when you hear the critics, you know what I mean, people trying to put you in a box of, oh, yeah, yeah he a hit maker, but, like, he ain't going to lock with somebody for you know, something that might be conceptual, something that might be, you know, just for, for somebody who's a lyricist and a true MC. Did you take that as a challenge and were you intimidated just even starting that process with Nas? You know what I mean? Or how did you feel about him trusting you? No, I felt um, that was the whole thing. As a producer, you want, you know, you, you want the artist to trust you enough to be open to your ideas. And that's where I love Nas because he opened, like, I don't have to sit there and play him you know, 30 beats. If if he if we go through two or three and he hear one he like, he gonna start an idea. He might not do the whole song right there. He might do a four bar something. He might do an eight bar something or, or a whole 16, but he gonna come back to it and he gonna make it work. It ain't like, you know, I gotta pull up and the beat gotta sound like it's ready to go on the radio or, or Spotify right now. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he let he, he let me develop the songs into what they need to be. So that's, that's empowering as a producer to not have to show up and you got to have every single part of the beat already mapped out and all that. Like, it's just like, you know, I, I don't feel like I was intimidated. I feel like I was ready. I felt like it was really just like beast mode for real. And like, we really put our soul into that project, you know, both the projects, obviously, but just for, you know, and then to come back and be nominated again on part two. Like, I don't think we ever seen that. Like hey, no, 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 it's, it's ridiculous, you know, and I think it's, it's that's why we're realizing like you're entering a new like stratosphere of, of just being, you know, a su- successful producer. But I, I want to know because th- there was a, you know, there was like a bad rap. It's really a myth about Nas. They're like, yo, Nas don't know how to pick beats. He's great, but he don't know how to pick beats. Yeah, that's funny. I, I, how does that affect you, right? Or like even whatever narrative, like when y'all start working together, it's still Nas. Like, could you tell him, like, yo, yo, nah, yo, homie, I think you, maybe we should try this one. You know what I mean? Like, say he skipped over one that you really thought he could work on, right? Like, oh, could you? Listen, bro. The biggest, the only song that went on Billboard Hot 100 from the, from the King's Disease 1 album was Spicy. I had to beg him over and over for days, bro, probably weeks to use that song. He was like, nah, I can't use that. That's that's like, it's too, it's too youthful. It's just not, it's not going to work for me. I'm like, bro, you bugging my nigga. This shit hard. Like I play it for people and they instantly respond. And that was the only song to chart on Hot 100. You know what I'm saying? The album was the number one rap album or whatever, or number two or something like that. I don't know, but um, yeah, bro, just for, for that shit to turn up like that. And, and, and it was like, that was one of the moments of like, man, just like a real disconnect in his era from my era, but I had to make him see the vision. Is there any, like, you know, are you a little nervous when you do that? I remember somebody giving an example of being in the studio with Eminem and they kind of wanted to like give like constructive, like criticism, like, Hey, maybe we should change this. But they were like, yo, it's Eminem, yo. I'm not saying a motherfucking thing to this guy. No, I like, can't, I'm not even that type of person, bro. I got to speak up. I don't give a fuck who it is. Like, I'm, if I got something to say, I'm going to have to say it. And regardless how it turned out, that's just what it is. So 
as far as that, I, I, you know, the, and I've seen professional producers like take hold of the room and really have to guide that energy. So I had to adopt that and really, you know, embrace that and walk in that. So when he come through, like, I'm not, I'm not shy about nothing. I'm not holding nothing back. If it's a bar, if it's anything, I'm going to be like, I think you could, you know, say it a different way or something like that. Just anything to keep the momentum going and also just use my skill set and use my, you know, the era that I'm in and, and the information that I have to guide, you know, the song to, to be to be where it's going to connect to his audience and it's going to connect to people who, you know, running around listening to Lil Baby or whatever the case may be. You still got them type of people tapping in. Like, man, this shit hard. Um, so it's nominated this year, right, um, for um, Best Rap Album. It's competing against Off Season by J. Cole, Tyler okay. Creator, Call Me If You're Lost, and Donda, okay? Do you think it's going to win? I think, honestly, I think the real, the only competition, I think the only competition is, is J. Cole, if you ask me. Oh, yeah, no, nah, I mean, bro, you that's that's such a big category, and them big names, great albums, all that, so you can't you can't call it, because look, this is what I'm going to say, Seiko Mo was a way bigger song than Racks in the Middle, number-wise and all that, but it didn't win the Grammy when I, I pulled up to the Grammys and all that. Left out sad. Two, two Grammy Awards nominated. Didn't win nothing. And we go next year for Racks in the Middle. Not as commercially big, but we win the Grammy. So you just don't know how it's going to go. Now you're right about it. Yo, does it fuck you up when yo, you, you produce records like Niggas in Paris? You produce, you know, Sicko Mode. You produce like some of these records that are like, yo, hits for like big artists. But like, it feels like, at least in the Grammy, like, you know, when they're awarding producers, like, because because you're nominated yourself for producer of the year, non-classical, right? And it's not it's not because you had, like, the biggest hits of the year. It's because, like, you worked on probably some of the most meaningful projects of the year. So right. does it kind of, like, shift your mindset to, yo, let's, oh, I'm only producing to get a number one to, yo, I, I want to craft, like, great bodies of work? And it's... And even if it's not just a body of work, just a great song, period. Like I did Don Tolliver's single this year, uh, What You Need, and just different joints for different people. And it's like, no matter what it is, I just want that. I just want it to cut through and I want it to sound like fresh. I want it to have a, a hard pocket, like a, you know, a good melody on it. Like, I don't know. I'm just trying to push it every time. All right. Back to the game. You didn't pick between Jay-Z and Nas. However, on a producer level. Um, I don't know if this is a good comparison, but I'm gonna do it anyway. Kanye, Dr. Dre. Man, that's another one. See, you gotta pick something. Hey, come Dr. on, man. Dr. Dre is my childhood man, but Kanye, Kanye, that's like a teacher. Like I don't know. Like even though Dr. Dre a teacher as well, he's just like a little more OG than when I was really trying to make music. So I got to go with Kanye just because, like, he he was a person where I was like, yo, he doing it at that level. Like, he changing the game, and he, he's really affecting culture, man. That shit crazy. I bet. Hey, if you could produce an entire album for either one of these artists, you got to pick one. And obviously, you know, I believe you would want to pick both, but you got to pick one. Either do the next Drake album or do the next Kendrick album. Oh shit. What who, who where 
Damn, that's that's another one. You you asking some good ones, I ain't gonna lie. Shit. Um bro. For me, I look at it, I look at it as, you know what I mean, this is how diverse it is why you're dope, right? It's like, you know, I think, you know, both artists have like, you know, kind of there's a distinct difference with, you know, what they usually bring. And if we're gonna go with that, like you fit both of those categories. You've shown that you could do both of those things. But it could be a thing where you kinda you know, I mean, even though like for example, like like Kendrick definitely I feel like he he proved to everybody he could be very in his bag, lyrical, still concept wise, but still make hits. That, that was the entire album of damn. You know what I mean? And I think, you know, Drake is Drake as, you know, even with him doing Scorpion with a double, you know, project or whatever, he was trying to show people y'all could have like a side where I'm rapping more. Who do you think that you could probably bring on a journey like how you kind of did, you know, whether it's with um Big Sean or um with Nas and you guys kind of like figure out a pocket, you know what I mean? And and make a whole project. Honestly, I feel like I definitely could catch a wave with either one, but I'm a, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Kendrick just because of the West Coast factor and I feel like it could be big for the West Coast if we was to do a project like just, you know, me at the top of my game, he obviously is who he is, so I think it would just it would be major on some like chronic 2001 type vibe like just high level, next level. Nah, that's crazy. Hey, you're clearly seen as more than a producer now, right? Do you feel, number one, do you feel like you're, you've made it? And number two, I kind of look at you as an artist as yourself, right? So, like, do you want to be seen as an artist? Um, are you, is that the ultimate goal? And, and, and how do you kind of feel about, like, you know, your accomplishments so far? Do you feel like, you know, they used to have this term, I remember with like, you know, like Swiss Beast and Timbaland, they used to be like, oh, these are the super producers. Do you feel like you're a super producer or like you still feel like you kind of grind it? Man, honestly, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm right there as far as I'm grinding, but I do feel like I, people are starting to really see the vision and understand what's going on. Like, I feel like, you know, a lot of people do look at me as a super producer now, but I'm going to always be in that mode of, like, I act like I ain't did nothing. I'm, I'm in the studio working, like, you know what I'm saying? And also, like, the fact that I'm better than I used to be and I can finish ideas that maybe when I was coming up and I didn't have the, the full skill set that I have now, I wouldn't have been able to finish. But now it's like, oh, that that, that excites me. That That's, like, on my creative side. I can go back and I can flush out ideas to the max level that I've always wanted to flush them out to. So, like, you know, that's that's another thing that's inspiring for me. Yo, I, and maybe I'm tripping. I might be tripping on this one. Because I've had this conversation and I've asked a bunch of, like, producers. Do you feel like if you had, like, one of those, like, really popular, like, tags, <clears throat> people would kind of, like, you know, put your name in, like, you know, face to productions more more often? Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, it, that's why I started using the tag in the last few years, and it definitely made it connect a lot more. Like, people hit me up. Like, I hear Hit Boy everywhere, whoop whoop over a bunch of songs, and, you know, that shit doing good. But I definitely feel like there was an era where that was the thing, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like if Goldie, uh, Backseat Freestyle, Click, and all them joints around that era was, like, tagged up and it was all over the radio, I definitely feel like just, you know, I had said that in a, a GQ interview recently 
And I feel like Mike Will might have took it wrong or whatever. And so maybe the other producers did as well. But I feel like they passed me from a brand perspective because of they tags. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't trying to say, like, niggas ain't did no work or did the work. Like, them niggas are amazing. Like, I, I acknowledge that. But at the same time, I feel like you able to go get little quick DJ bags, 60, 50, 60K, whatever the case is. You able to go get different opportunities off of that branding you know what i'm saying and that's what i was saying it wasn't nothing about talent wise and nothing like that but that's just how i looked at it but you know the last few years me using my tag and this has been like a motivating thing for me like to finish beats or whatever to throw my tag on it and play it for artists and shit like that so i don't know man i'm just i'm, I'm definitely motivated and i feel like I'm, I'm headed in the right direction now i agree with you on that because when it when it came to um you remember when they were doing the whole Mount Rushmore of everything, like Mount Rushmore of New York, Mount Rushmore of Atlanta, and then they did Mount Rushmore of producers. One of the things I realized about all the producers, right? And I remember, I can't remember who published, like there was a producer list. They put three people up there and there was like, who should deserve the fourth? And all the three people that was up there, like they had very notable tags. You know, I'm not saying they, don't, they didn't deserve, but they had very notable tags. I remember saying like, yo, damn, it, it, a few people seem notably absent even when i posted on my page when people were like kind of giving their suggestions for the fourth i'm mm-hmm. like damn yeah like first of all i think i i thought you know boy wonder should have been on there I'm like damn niggas mm-hmm. ain't recognize the hit boy and it might mm-hmm. be because it's that yo know, you hear certain things like yo you hear metro's tag a lot you hear mike will's tag a lot you hear mm-hmm. like you know some of the some of the guys who you know at least at that time you were hearing like a lot of hit songs from you heard they, their tag a lot um is it something you got to balance where you're not trying to drown it out? Cause I've also heard some people not wanted to put their tags on certain records that, you know, like for example, if you're up tempo in the club producer and you're working with Beyonce, you put that tag on there. People think that it might be like, it might not be a ballad. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, and that's the thing with me, like is, you know what I'm saying? I practice like that, that versatility and trying to be, not in that box so I feel like it worked for me a little different as well like you know and that's something that connects the sound versus you just hearing all these different sounds and you're never able to catch up and be like oh damn he did all this you know these different songs and whatever but you know I, I can't even call it I just I just know that that definitely helps um real quick as we speak about Mount Rushmore What's your Mount Rushmore? And and we could just say in the last, let's just say since like 2010, you know. Producer? Yeah, producer, Mount Rushmore since 2010. Mm. Man, shit. Obviously, you got Metro, Mike, Will, Mustard. Um, you also got people like, I, I, I got to put somebody like DJ Dahi. You got Boy Wonder. You got Pierre. Um, you can only pick four now. Like you, I feel like. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Let me see. All right, so I'm gonna put Boy Wonder up there. I'm gonna put. Damn, that's a hard one too. Tough, right? You know, people are always gonna feel away, man. So it's like. You gotta tread like hey hey you know what do three like the, the oh you know what? If, if you do three that means whoever wasn't named they could be the fourth right. we'll leave that open. so give me two more 
another um producer from Canada, T minus, man. Ooh. Like, them, they, be, they be killing, bro. Like them there's definitely two of my favorites as far as when it comes to hard beats and creativity. And then um I'ma say Man, that's my team was that's a sleeper right there. Okay. That's that's that guy. Damn. Um, I throw some name in the hat. Who who you thinking? Um by the way, I definitely always got to show love to Vinyls. Vinyls is so fucking dope. Yeah, yeah, um, let's see who else. Um, what's his name? Justin made it? What was his name? Just, I forgot what his fucking oh, name was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, who else? Who else? Who else? And, and I'm just thinking about people who have kind of like dominated the sound a little bit. Um, matter of fact, this is where the chat comes in real good. Some people saying, some people saying Wheezy, some people saying Mustard, some people saying Mike what made it, some people saying London on the track. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I have to just go with Mustard, bro, on some West Coast shit. Fuck it. And some people say Metro. Yeah, all right, yeah. So we'll leave the fourth spot open. And um, hey, listen, whoever was the name, they could compete for the fourth. Anyway, yo, what did you feel? And by the way, you know, kind of wrapping up here, what did you feel? Because I thought this was the biggest nod and the biggest compliment you could ever get. Nod compared you to Quincy Jones. Oh, that was that was crazy. Obviously, like it wasn't like a a true comparison to Quincy Jones. It was more so just about our working relationship and how he felt like I understand him, like how Quincy understand the artists he works with or understood Michael, whatever the case is. Like you know, I, I really take the time to to develop you know a, a a relationship like outside of just the studio. Like we could we could talk on the phone for an hour the conversation into the music you know what i'm saying like so i guess you know it was just it was just on that level and it's, it's still a, it's a crazy honor though for sure like for him to even be embracing me regardless but just to say that like that's that's a that's a that's a high honor okay yeah no nah, nah, that's definitely you know what i mean when you think about quincy jones like that that just seems like that's a heavy weight and a heavy burden and a heavy um you know kind of like that's like a bar to kind of look up to um the last question here, because, you know, we kind of running out of time, but, you know, I appreciate you for even, you know, popping in with me. Um, I appreciate you. What is the next level for you, my brother? You know what I mean? I feel like we're seeing all the, no the, the Grammy nominations. We're seeing all the, you know, people recognizing your talent. I, we're seeing that people are looking at you as, hey, this is not just a hit maker, but this is a guy who could bring an artist, lock in with an artist, bring him to another level conceptually go there he's very diverse what is the next level for hit boy and um where do you see yourself being like the next couple of years man definitely i feel like you know whether it's you know my 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 artistry or whether it's my production album with featuring an artist but just having a songs that are hit boy number one billboard whatever that type you know what i'm saying that type of vibe like that's that's the next level because i mean i ain't had that you know i've, I've produced big songs but like seeing hit boy number one like that's that that'll be big for me for sure 
No, 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 I feel that, man. Yo, listen, uh, I know we, we ran short on time here, but uh, listen, I want to thank you for, you know, even just popping on here, you know, rocking with me. Um, salute to uh, Green Room. Uh, th- th- this is just like one of the, like, I wish I could, you know, have you in studio because, like, I'd be having, like, a million more questions. And, we, and, and I hope we do that soon because I got a million more questions I want to ask just about just favorite records and just, you know, like, I'm one of the people who watch, like, I'll go and I think Genius used to do that. They used to like kind of do like the product, like the producer kind of break down the beat. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Before I ever got into, you know, at least I was DJing in college. Then I became a media personality. I used to be like a producer. I was trying to, I remember like sending beats to like, you know, like Dipset way back in the day. You feel me? That's so it's like, that's what's up, man. Yeah. I'm one of the people who scour like, you know, who sample.com trying to figure out like, oh shit, what the fuck? Like, yeah. how the fuck they flip that? So, you know, my genuine appreciation for uh, producers go very far. You know what I mean? Um, listen, do you want to leave the people with anything or any announcements you want to kind of um, let them know that they could go check out, like, whatever you got coming up? Yeah, just know I'm not done for 2021 yet. I still – it's still cracking. Just, just What? Just with me. Nah, nah. It, it's, bro, it's the 15th of December. It's over. 2021 is over, man. I ain't done, man. <laughs> For real? Nice. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's some, it's some, it's some going on, man. I'm gonna just let y'all figure it out. Uh, man, something from you or something from another artist? Man, something y'all gonna, something y'all gonna <laughs> appreciate, man. <laughs> All right, man. I'm hope you give us a good gift, man. Yo, Hit Boy, man. Thank you for you know uh, coming on off the record live. You know, salute to uh, Spotify Green Room. Salute to everybody who's here live. You know, I wish I could take, like, some questions, but we're definitely running over time right now. Man, please, if you um, are not knowledgeable of Hitboy, go go hit the Wikipedia. Google his, you know, um, production discography, but also just his discography overall. This guy is much more than a producer at this point or a beat maker, if you want to. Like, you can't even call him that. You know, he's someone who's just putting out great projects. Grammy nominated a bunch of times. And if you if you ask me, he's the favorite this year as well. So, you know, I just want to say congratulations, man. I, I like to see you ascending and I like to see you do it in a way that is very natural to yourself. So, you know, I'm glad to have you, brother. Appreciate all that, man. Everybody who tapped in, all that. Appreciate y'all for real. All right. Listen, for everybody who's um, watching and who's listening to this live, please make sure you guys hit, you know, um, the follow button on um, the page that whatever we go live for uh, a live episode of Off the Record on Spotify Green Room, you guys will get the notification. But also this episode will be up on the show page. You guys will be able to interact with it and also listen to it later. Again, I want to thank Hitboy, thank his team for being so cooperative and also thank Spotify for, you know, setting this up as well. Um, the replay of this will be available, but Hit Boy, my nigga, thank you. Tap in, I, man, for sure. If you ever in LA, pull up to the stool. No, for real, I gotta hear the real shit, man. You know what I mean? Like, like, listen, I can't have no more moments where I'm hearing your best shit, or like, maybe not even your best shit. I'm hearing it live on stream and I'm freaking out. You know what I mean? That's the sick yeah. moment. Right? Nah, you already know it's on, man. Just keep me posted. All right, man, definitely. Uh, yo, thank everybody for tuning in. It's been another episode of Off the Record Live. It's your boy DJ Academic. Salute to Hit Boy. We are out. Sure.